little bit of time talking about love. And uh, as we do so, it's a time of year in which we've just come off our Christmas celebrations and our Advent season in which we are looking at uh, a celebrating of God's love and anticipating God's activity and the giving of His Son as He came to earth. And uh, as I have the privilege of spending time at Gabriola Fellowship uh, Church, we were spending a great deal of time looking at, as we often do in our Advent season, some of those hallmark words that we attach to the Advent season, uh, like uh, one of them being peace. And as we looked at that word peace, we were noting that God's peace is more than a lack of conflict. And we were looking at things like joy, joy being more than happiness. And we were looking at hope, hope being more than a feeling, hope being a confidence in the truth of God. And we were looking at love, love being something far more than an emotion. And as we move forward this morning, I hope that that, amongst many other things, is what we can take away uh, let's go to God's Word, and in 1 John chapter 4 and verse 7, I'm going to read our text for this morning, and then we're going to spend time uh, just focusing on what the Lord has been sharing with me this week. 1 John chapter 4 verse 7 says this, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. The one who does not love does not know God, for God is love. By this, the love of God was manifested in us, that God has sent his only begotten son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. That is a final payment, not a temporary covenant like an atonement, but a propitiation, a final payment for our sins. Verse John 4.11 says this, Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. By this we know that we abide in him and he in us because he has given us his spirit. We have seen and testify that the Father has sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him and he in God. We have come to know and have believed the love which God has for us. God is love and the one who abides in love abides in God and God abides in him. By this, love is perfected with us so that we may have confidence in the day of judgment, because as he is, so also are we in this world. Therefore, uh, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, because fear involves punishment, and the one who fears is not perfected in love. We love because he first loved us. If someone says, I love God, and hates his brother, he is a liar. For the one who does not love his brother, whom he has sent, uh, seen, cannot love God, whom he has not seen. And this commandment we have from him, that the one who loves God should love his brother also. As we read God's word this morning, here's this high calling. The bar is raised 
in that not only are we called to love God. What is the greatest commandment? Love the Lord your God uh, with all your heart, soul, and mind, but the next is like it. You shall what? Love your neighbor as yourself. If you love the Lord, you, you need to love your neighbor. It is the outworking. And this morning as we read, there is an order here in which that as John writes, we note that we are called to love, but first, before all, we must, if we are going to do what God asks, if you want to love, first you must learn what it means to abide. True loving can only come out of true abiding. And, and God only calls us to that which he equips us for. And this morning, he says, let us love one another, for love is from God. And this morning, we can expect to go out and love as God has called us to love if we first do not grasp what it means to know first that love is from God and that we are loved by God. A and this morning, as we look at those things, first and foremost, this word love, love is far more than an emotion. I've probably told you before, but I will probably repeatedly tell you again that, that often that word love can be confused and is easily misconstrued as an emotion, a feeling. A and as I've shared before, often as I look back at my life, uh, I, I can be honest to say this, that as we gain and, and get in relationships, there is a learning that first and foremost, often uh, in marriages, and I had a friend who once put it this way, he said, everybody loves a wedding, not many people love a marriage. Right? And there was truth. Everybody loves a wedding. Everybody loves to go to a wedding. They put on their best clothes. The bride is always the most beautiful. The groom is the most handsome. And even if he's not, you tell him he is. Right? Uh, you go. You love the food. Uh, you, you, you love the celebration. It is a celebration of love. But that celebration... Though it may symbolize love, an exchanging of rings, a lighting of candles, it may symbolize, it may well not involve love whatsoever. That ceremony can, can be done, and, and I think I've told you before, when, when my sister was getting married, uh, her and her now husband ha had a, uh, an affinity for Las Vegas and wanted to get married in Las Vegas, and they were getting married at Caesar's Palace. I said, you should get married by Elvis Presley. She said, uh, no, but he's going to host my uh, reception. And he did. I've got pictures. It was amazing. So, uh, but, but listen, you can have a ceremony, but it, it may well lack the substance that is love. Why? Because love is more than an emotion. And, and to be honest this morning, I will say this, that as Fiona and I courted, I thought that I loved her. A and in fact, the truth is, uh, I may well have been infatuated with an idea of love, an idea of a relationship, an idea of joining a life, but I had not yet realized nor grasped what love was. Because love was far greater than the emotions, the the. That, that we may well have felt in the moment. Love was found 
not in the moment of exchanging rings, not in the first kiss, not in the first embrace. Love was found when we finally realized sacrifice. That's love. A a giving up. Love was not in the I do. Everybody loves a wedding. Love was realized in the marriage, not easy. Interestingly enough, there's statistics out there that often correlate things uh, like what we call uh, love marriages. And those are often uh, put down in contrast to what are often called arranged marriages. And isn't this interesting? Uh, Canadian statistics, uh, if we look at the last uh, Canadian surveys, uh, Canadians now have a lifetime risk of divorce before their 30th anniversary at 38.41%, or 38 to 41%, rather. That's the percent of divorce, and it changes depending what province you are in. We lived in Quebec for a while, and the reality is in Quebec, 49.7%, high average. When we lived in Quebec, my wife dragged me to crazy and strange things, often uh, to things that uh, my, uh, the language we didn't speak, one of them was a baby food-making seminar, which happened to be full of French-Canadian m- young mothers and me. These are the kind of things that she would bring me to. And we quickly would realize that in Quebec, it was not cool to say you were married. In fact, when you'd introduce yourself, we met many people, and they'd come up to Fiona and say, hey, you know, and, and they'd say, is this your chum? Or they'd say, mo chum, which means literally my boyfriend in, in Quebec. And you'd go on thinking, oh, everybody's just a couple with small kids. And then you'd realize, no, they were actually married. It just wasn't cool to say so. And truth be told, if you lived in a different province, like Newfoundland, they far do better than us, 17.1%. Oh, the East Coasters, right? Well, listen, today, if you look at the global statistics on arranged marriage versus love marriage, 6% divorce rate. Interestingly enough, we look, we, we search for someone who is going to fulfill us meet our needs, uh, right? Make everything okay. And the reality is, it doesn't make it easier nor make it more likely for that relationship to what? Last. Why? Because the marriage doesn't equate love. As John writes, let us love one another for love is from God and everyone who loves is born of God and, and knows God. As we look, often, just as I can be infatuated with the idea of love or the idea of a relationship, so I can get consumed in the idea of what love or loving is. Probably many of you have read the five love languages. And in that, a reminder out there that for many of us, and I think now there's books out that call it the seven love languages, but for many, they've narrowed down many of the ways in which we feel or try to give that feeling of love. Words of affirmation, acts of service, receiving gifts, quality time, physical touch, all things that we do 
or hope to receive in order to gain that feeling. And often, in a relationship, and we feel this in ours, often I spend a great deal of time doing acts of service and giving gifts. And all the while, here, to me, this is, this is what it means to love. Bring my wife a cup of coffee each morning. D- do this. Give this. The flowers, right? A- a- and here's her the whole time. I would much rather a conversation. <laughs> and I'm like, that's way too difficult. <laughs> right? I'm trying to love And I'm scratching and clawing and buying and serving and spending my time trying to do and be. And all the while, here's the recipient not loved, not feeling it, not appreciating it, missing it. And all the while, uh, in as much ways, people can try to do the same to me, try the best they can to love. And, and, and no regard. You see, love is more than an emotion, more than action, more than a gift, more than time. The reality is, as we read God's word this morning, and, and here's John chapter 4, verse 9. By this, the love of God was manifested in us that God has sent his only begotten son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. You see, God loved us. And that love, as the Bible says, there is no greater love than one giving his life for his friends. And as we read the scriptures, I note this morning that in so many places we read about God's great work. It says this in Romans 5, 8, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Or in John three sixteen, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. This was love. Sacrifice a laying down of one's life, a giving, a letting go, not being heard, but desiring to listen, not to be served, but to serve, not to be seen strongest, but to strengthen others, not to be above all, but to be see others lifted up. This is love. Love, a sacrifice, a laying down, And as God calls us, first, we must know that we are loved because you cannot give out of what you first haven't received. I love scriptures uh, like in Jeremiah chapter 2 and verse 13. Listen to what God writes through the prophet Jeremiah. He says this, For my people have committed two evils, for they have forsaken me the fountain of living waters, to hew for themselves cisterns, broken cisterns that can hold no water. They had forsaken the fountain of living water to hew cisterns. They had hoped to collect, to store, to save, to hold, and yet incapable 
in their broken system. Now correlate that with Jesus in John chapter 7 and verse 37 when Jesus says this, as John writes, Now on the last day of the great feast, Jesus stood and cried out, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture said, from his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke of the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were to receive. Isn't that great? How often in life are we trying to give out of what we haven't yet first, what? Received. And today, we can try and fail to love and yet not meet nor make it at all if we first haven't come to that point in place trying to draw out of the dry cistern of our own efforts when all the while God is saying today, I love you, I hold you, I have you. Isn't it great in the scriptures that God never called anyone to do anything that he hadn't first equipped them for? He didn't tell Abraham to go without Genesis 12, in which he said, I am with you, I will bless you. He didn't tell Moses to go and speak in Exodus before saying, even I will be in your mouth and speak through you. He didn't tell Joshua to fight until he said, I go before you. And I love as you look on through the scriptures at so many. He didn't tell the prophets to speak so boldly before saying, I have you. And even you look at Jesus' birth as we just celebrated, he didn't tell Joseph to stay in a marriage in which looked to him of betrayal without saying, I've gone before you. God always gives in which that we are called to give out of. And the first point this morning, as John writes for us, this we know that we abide in him and he in us because he's given us his spirit. And we've seen and testify that the Father has sent the Son to be Savior of the world. Isn't that great? That today we know his love because his love resides in us. And today we can abide in him. And it's out of that love that now we go, not just in acts of service, not just in words of affirmation, not just in gifts given, not just in quality time, but in the spiritual work of a holy and loving God who desires to show and shine his light through each and every one of us. You see, as we go on, and it's interesting, I've heard these words this week. When you're looking to do, uh, you come to a crossroads in life, here's common worldly advice. Just do what you love. Someone said this the other day. If, if everyone in the world just did what they loved, the world would be a pretty crappy place. Can you imagine? If everybody simply did what they loved, where would the world be today? If I did what I loved, I'd probably still be in bed, right? But my kids would have no food. <laughs> They'd have no clothing. <laughs> and very quickly, we'd all probably be dead in short order. If we all did what we loved, look at today's generation. 
everyone would be playing video games, at least the young ones. Everyone would be sitting, doing very little, if anything. The reality is, when, when the world says, do what you love, when you come to that crossroads, really what they're saying is, do what makes you happy. But, but the interesting fact is this, doing what makes you happy doesn't guarantee something good at the end of that road, does it? I was reading this last week, that the father of fitness, the father of jogging, or the movement of jogging, died of a heart attack. Tough. <laughs> you can do CrossFit, you can run, and you can still get cancer. You can shop at the health food store, and, and you can still get sick. You can eat all organic. You can raise your own beef and still catch the cold that everyone else has. Leave it to me. I can tell you, right? Just because you do what makes you happy, just because you do something, doesn't guarantee that the outcome is good. And when we say love, it doesn't mean you do what makes you happy. God loved. God gave. But it wasn't happiness that he was after. Remember John 11 and 12 in which Lazarus had died and the disciples had come and said, Lord, why hadn't you come? And it's in those verses we read this. Jesus what? Wept. Was he happy? No, but here's Jesus. I'm glad for your sakes because now you will know that I am the resurrection life. He didn't do what made him happy. He did what was love. And love was showing them the will and the way of the Lord. The life of the Savior. And you see, today, as much as I may have entered relationships believing in an ideology of an emotion, the, the reality is this. Love shines uh, not when I feel good, not, not when I feel the emotion of happiness. Love shines uh, when Fiona stays with me another day, though I don't deserve it. That's love. Love shines when I'm forgiven even though I don't deserve forgiveness. Here's love when I'm served, even though I'm arrogant and don't deserve that servanthood. Here's love, the laying down of one's life. Love, when we see the reality of sacrifice today in our relationships, not sentiment. That's love. And if as a church, if there is anything that we can hold, it's that we would set aside the empty emotions, though they may be good in the moment, of religious ceremonies and cling to the substance that is love. We can go out and do many symbolic things and feel good, like we're giving, and yet utterly miss the sacrificial love of the Lord. It's so easy to give out of our surplus, isn't it? I've told you that before. How often in ministry, seeing people long to give out of that surplus, and yet do we really ever give out of sacrifice? 
It's when we see sacrifice that we see true love. It says this in 1 John 4, 19, we love because he first loved us. That's where the gas is to make the car go. Not your husband's love for you, not your wife's love for you, not society's affirmation and love, not to be appreciated by the popular crowd or at work. (laughs) Those may make you feel good, but true love is fueled by God's love. We love because he first loved us. And if someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he's a liar for the one who does not love his brother, whom he has seen, cannot love God, whom he has not seen. A famous writer once put it this way. He said, listen, uh, as we've heard before, you are not what you say, you are what you do. And as a church, we can be filled with words and words, whatever those are, all about love. And yet love can be so far from us or define us if we don't know what it means to sacrifice, if we don't know what it means to walk in God's love. Often after the words I do, the hardest work is to continue on in I will, in sickness and in health, until death do us part. Laying down of one's life. A letting go. And as we go out these doors, consider you are what you do, not what you say. We are defined not what we tell people about Jesus, but what we do with the life of Jesus. As we go out these doors this week, as Jesus went and loved, not just the disciples, but the many, not just those who loved him, but as we so often remember, as he broke that bread in remembrance of his brokenness, as he gave that cup in the shedding of his blood in a new hope of life, he said, this is for you, this is for you. And he turned to Judas, who had rejected him and said, what? And this is for you. He loved, not because we first loved him, as we've just read in 1 John 4, but because he loved and longed for us. He sacrificed in the hope that we might know the reality of God's life and what it means to truly live. As we go out these doors, are we prepared to not just share the sentiment, look and long for the emotion, but abide in the reality of the sacrifice. This is love. And as Paul writes for us in closing, in 1 Corinthians 13.4, he says, listen, love is patient. Love is kind. It is not jealous. Love does not brag and is not arrogant, does not act unbecomingly, does not seek its own, is not provoked, does not take into account a wrong suffered. This is love. Does not rejoice in unrighteousness, but rejoices with the truth, bears all things, believes all things, 
hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. And today, if we abide in God's never-ending love, who will never leave us nor forsake us, we can walk in that love. Not for what we get, but what we can all the more give. Because as the world gives us back hate and hurt, we offer life. Let's pray. Lord, thank you that none of us deserve the love that you offer. You are a great, gracious, and glorious God. You sent your Son, though rejected, spat upon, hit, hurt, love prevailed. Thank you that today that you empower each and every one of us. You love us that today we might not need the love of others, the appreciation of peers, the encouragement of neighbors, because we are filled up in a God who, though broken, is building us up day by day. Thank you that today you abide in us and love rules over all. Thank you that today we have an opportunity not to seek fleeting emotions, but the fullness of the life that you have offered. Thank you that today we can give out of all that you've given us and that a watching world might see the truth as they see us sacrifice, lay down, and let go, that they might see a holy and gracious Lord. Thank you that today we have an opportunity to show a watching world the life of a holy father lived out on this earth. And I pray that as a church, we will be members filled with substance and not just ceremony. Thank you for all of this in Jesus' name. Amen.